Hey, my beautiful beans, welcome to today's episode. I think you're going to absolutely love it. I will be interviewing one of my best friends, Carly. Carly is a number one, just such a good time, hilarious, funny, driven, everything about her. I can't even, like, you'll you'll figure it out as you start listening to it. But I thought it'd be great to interview Carly because she has gone on just such a cool journey through her 20s. And a lot of the listeners here who are wanting to do, like, change careers or do something out there or move countries, Carly's pretty much done it all. And she's at a point now where she can look back and she's, you know, killing it right now in her career. But there were many, many, many times within that career where she absolutely was not killing it or was struggling or was not, like, breaking even that year. And she's just really backed herself, gone out on a limb many, many times. She's Aussie, but she's based in LA and she's lived there for about seven years now she's now a citizen of the US um, and we kind of go into the whole like green card thing visa all of that how like what happened how she got the green card um, what visa she was on etc so we do talk all about that we talk about how she was an actor and then she went into management and now she's pretty much I'd like to say killing it in as a manager to actors in Los Angeles absolute vibe and I actually when I lived in the US I lived with Carly and that's how I got really close to her. But prior to that, I had only kind of met her a handful of times and I met her through my cousin Giselle, which is, you guys would know she was on the podcast as well because Giselle's been friends with her for a very long time. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. I think you're going to get a lot out of it, a lot of lols as well. She's just honestly like such a great human being and I'm very, very, very lucky to have this woman in my life. You guys are going to get so much out of it. You're going to love her. Enjoy the interview. All right. Welcome, Carly. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I am so excited. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. We have so much to share. We literally sat down here and we've been talking for about an hour before pressing the record button. Honestly, when you were doing it, I was like, wait, is this being recorded already? It was, yeah, crazy. So good. And I'm just, sorry, I was just checking that the volume is working. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, I think the best thing to do to start the interview mm-hmm. is to talk about, I think mm. first, let's just quickly brush on how we met and yes. how we know each other. And then that kind of will lead into the whole LA story as well. Yeah. Well, it was through Giselle in yes. LA, right? Yeah, that was it was the in first LA. time we met. Yeah. Um, I have a horrific memory, so I hope I don't butcher it. But basically, Alexis's cousin, who's been on the podcast before, so yeah. everyone knows her, um, uh, she was is still one of my best friends. Just I was like, what? <laughs> was, um, is no longer. Yeah, no, yeah. It is also still a very good friend and uh, we did acting together. Wait, was I managing then or I was still yes. acting when we you, met? Uh, or was I managing? No, you had just started managing. Just. Okay, crazy, yeah. crazy. So we yeah. acted together for years and then I became Giselle's manager. Um, also, I remember calling her. I, oh my gosh, I was so nervous to because Giselle is so fiercely talented and I remember calling her and just saying oh you know I um you know I, I'm moving into management and I I just want you to know I think I think this is the story I want you to know and like I'd obviously you know if you ever thought about it obviously I would like love to, to represent you and I remember her just being like are you kidding and I was like <laughs> oh no like have I overstepped and she was like that is insane. I'm absolutely like, yes, right now. I was like, no, you should think about it. Like, it's really important to sleep on things. She was like, I do not need one night to sleep on anything. So she was like, good. yes, yes, yes. She was dying about it. It was amazing. Oh, Very my cool God. Moment. That's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, nah, she's always like had so much faith in you and adores oh. you. Um, but, 
Yeah, so we met in LA. I don't think we'd met before, and you and Giselle had been friends for about eight years. That's crazy. Crazy. And then we met. Because you guys have always been close, right? Always, always, I since like believe day one. We never met, yeah. Well, because I lived in Queensland. That would have been oh, the reason. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. I forget that, yeah. And then you moved to LA around that time. So Carly yeah. won the green card. You. Love that for you. After my O1 visa was rejected. So it's actually quite serendipitous in a Very. way because I could never have done management if no, I didn't. No, not at it. all. Yeah. So you obviously were acting for a long time, applied mm-hmm. for the O1 visa, gets rejected, but at the same time you had applied for the green card and it goes through. Yeah, I want to say it was many, like a day later. How many? Really? Yeah, it was oh, something crazy. Very serendipitous. Yeah. How many times did you apply for the green card? It was my first time. Same. No. So, yes, same. Really? So guys, listeners of the podcast, I also have – had won the green card for the US as well. Um, I don't know the status of that green card now, unfortunately, because I did get <laughs> say that yeah, it's no, no longer. Yeah, it's been a year, right? No. Well, the problem well, is hasn't. that. So for for those of you wondering, with the green card thing, if the green card for anyone that is not sure, mm-hmm. the US does a green card lottery, which is like a permanent residency lottery, and if you live there, you literally have it for life. You can even turn that into a citizenship. And after it, co- you're there. it costs no money to enter. You just go online at Stevie Lottery. Just 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 type in. DV State Lottery into Google comes up. It's open for a couple of months. If every they year. charge you, it's a scam. Yes, big scam <laughs> vibes. Oh my god, I've had so many clients be like, "Oh no, no, I did it on this website where you get like ten entries." I'm like, "Wow, you've lost money <laughs> and much, you are not in the lottery." How much did you pay? <laughs> Only two hundred US. It's yeah. like right, yeah, right, yeah, no. scam. Yeah, but no, I think mine's mine's dead in the water because if if so you you applied, you're, it was free, and then you won it, and, and then, then I won it. Have it. I yep. think uh, some countries. Because you've listeners all over. I think if you're from England, sorry uh, to the English so people. So the way it works <laughs> is any country that already has a large number of migrants each year into the United States cannot apply. So that, that oh. it kind of, but the UK is always eliminated because apparently there's too many. Canadians cannot apply. Mexicans cannot apply. I think Colombians can't either. That's crazy. Certain, I feel like there's so many Australians in yeah, but, America. But, Maybe yes, but that's because you're in LA yeah, and I think yeah. it's very concentrated. Yeah. And also New York would be the same, but statistically not mm. that many because the US accepts 1 million a year migrants, not that's, green card holders, but migrants. These are holders, migrants. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of people. So It's funny, I make these like huge general like sweeping statements about America <laughs> and I've not even been to New York. Like I've just been in <laughs> California for seven years, like all of Cali and really I should just be saying California, not America because yeah, it is yeah. so different all yeah, over. Yeah, so different and yeah. so many different, yeah. like And Crazy. I think like a lot of countries as well. Like when I go to France, I'm like, France is amazing. I'm like, well, I'm really talking about Paris here. Like, yeah. I don't, there's so many places <laughs> yeah. that, I don't, that I don't know, you know. And yeah. I think that's with like even Australia, compare – town in australia to sydney you know you can't yeah so different um anyway we're so good at going on tangents so so let's go into so you moved to the Mm -hmm. states how long Mm -hmm. ago um i want to say it was probably seven years now maybe seven and a half okay yeah move there for acting yes and you went there on the green card of course yeah i mean the first time i came over it was like an acting tour sort of situation you know to get to get a manager and then i got a manager um who was, I mean, questionable, like a bit creepy. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he represented, this is part of the industry actually, like he represented huge people. So he was totally legitimate, but, you know, was he a great person? No. And I yeah. think that's really hard and, you know, something in the arts that's very icky and can happen in obviously in all industries, but mm. why it's so different in acting is because a lot of, booking a role is based off of chemistry and sex appeal and there's like yeah 
all of that involved. So totally. Yeah. And then I went back on uh, like a six month B one B two visa where yep. I was I'd my I had an inheritance from my great grandma, so I was like, let me do a six month trip. Um, and my partner at the time was fighting pirates in Somalia for six months. So I was like, great, <laughs> fun story. As um, one does. Yeah, so I was like, well, you do that for six months and I will go to LA and just do a ton of acting courses and this and that. Got a new manager. Then I was applying for my O-1 visa. It got rejected and then I got the green card. Amazing. And then, and then I came over. That would have been my third trip yeah. to the States. And then you just pretty much moved over. That was yes. pretty much it. Yes. Because your partner was living in Perth at the time, the partner of yes. the time. Yes, yes, He was living in Perth and yeah. you guys just – Back and Long forth distance, and back, back and, and forth. forth. And fuck me. And then, okay, now. <laughs> I spent what, so much money on flights. Oh, wow. No, yeah, wow. literally. I look at my 20s as like everything I earned, I spent. Yeah. Mainly on travel. <laughs> that is like my 20s. In a nutshell, yeah. if you want a catchphrase for my 20s, is every dollar I earned, I spent. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like shopping at the 99 cent store, but then I would be getting like five flights to Australia a year, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I think I even went to Thailand. We went to Vietnam. Yeah. Like, Literally. I was in Vegas, but then I was also at the 99 cent store. All the time. Yeah. As I can vouch for that when I, yeah, because <laughs> I then pro, I then moved to LA with Carly in your home. Yeah, so I yeah, moved. So how did that happen? So it happened because I had to be in LA for three months-ish. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was just over, maybe three and a half-ish yeah. months, I think. Yeah. Um, and I went over and I didn't have a place to stay. There were a few possibilities, yes. but ultimately I wasn't going to lock anything in until I had inspected it. Yes. So I was going to be like, I'm just going to get an apartment in the, like a, like accommodation. Mm-hmm. And Giselle was like, why don't you just ask Carly? Like surely she can put you up for a week. So then I messaged you because we had met prior to that. And you're like, of course. Oh, so that's I, right. came, I remember that. That was yes. so awesome. I loved getting that, that was message. was so yes. good. And then you had literally like made up your bedroom and you let me stay in your bedroom and you stayed on the couch. And then <laughs> in that one week, one, uh, two of your housemates, a couple that lived in a room, moved out, kind of, and they were like umming and ahhing, and that's when they confirmed it. So it was like yeah. done. So then Which they one moved was that? Out. Was that Monica? Uh, and her and her boyfriend? partner. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, they yeah, moved okay. out, and then Rachel went into their room, and I moved into Rachel's room. Yeah, nice. And then the rest is history. It was wow. the best. And from so that first fun. day, we were already frequenting the ninety-nine cent store. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a fun time because you know I think I work pretty fast paced. Yeah. And so it's – in general, sometimes it's hard for me to find a match with that. And yeah. I remember meeting you and being like, I have found my match and I am struggling to keep up. We you know? literally yeah. were each other's match and we were like yeah. – yeah. We had all these ideas oh. and I was working a ton and you were working a ton and just workshopping so many different things and then we are working out yes, so much. we were I working out ripped. so much because I was working. You like to come I was back to LA. Teaching. So I, I need to – yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm planning on doing like a few trips to LA next – Next year, so I will be there. Okay, literally, <laughs> literally, you live there. It's your yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Okay, so now I want to get into your transition mm. and and your aha moment, which we spoke about before that we didn't want to get into. But your transition mm. into management. So you were mm. acting for ages. You were mm. really like passionate about it. This mm. was like you were a very hard worker. You were hustling to make it happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you decide I want to represent actors. I could be a great manager, Mm. let's talk through that moment and let's talk about your aha moment as well. Okay, so I was um, watching a – I was in this apartment and it was one of those apartments where there was three stories but it it was super thin. Mm. It just sort of went up with one of those round staircases. And I was at the very, very, very top level, which there wasn't much there. 
and I was just sitting there watching a YouTube video about uh, – Oprah was talking. Of course, it's an Oprah moment. <laughs> and Oprah was talking about her uh, network that she created, O, and how it didn't work out for her. Right. And she was like, you know, you can be a really hard worker, you can do this and that, but if it's not working for you, maybe you've got blinkers on. Yeah. And she gave this amazing analogy where if you're like – you know, working at a brick wall and you're you're trying to bash down this this brick wall and you know you're giving a hundred percent um hundred percent of the time and all you can see is these tiny little bits of cement coming yeah. off, then then maybe you need to take off the blinkers and there could be a door to the left of you yeah. that you open. And in that moment I literally I'm not religious, but it was some sort of weird spiritual voodoo moment for me. I raised my arms up to the sky. This is very you. Was literally looking at God and just sat there for like five minutes straight. If anyone walked in, they would have been like, what is happening? And I think subconsciously, even in my head, I was like, what's happening? But I just stayed in that position for so long. Oh my God, that's so good. Because I was like, I'm going to be a manager. It was so, and I, you know, subconsciously I'd, you know, I had an acting group and they would come around and we would workshop scenes and I would give my acting scenes to my clients and I'd made like a fake email address and I would send the auditions to casting directors. Yeah. So I was like really already managing in yeah. a way and doing all these sorts of things, but I was so focused on being an actor. It's what I'd done. It was from, it felt like my whole identity. Yeah. What I had done from 15 to, I think at the time I was 25 or 26 when I had this moment. I think 26. Because you are your, your age now. You're 30. I'm 30. 30, 30. Yeah. Um, that it was just everyone knew me as that. I knew me as that. It was like that is yeah, all it's your identity. Your identity is fully tied into it. But, but, I, but, but I had to – Don't break away from it because of that. Yeah, because of the blinkers. Yeah. And it's like looking back, I'm like, oh, I loved um, Entourage, mm. but I never wanted to be Vinnie Chase. Yeah. Like I wanted to be Ari Gold. So, like, if that's not enough of a sign, like, what am I doing? But I I had the blinkers on. Like, too focused. I think you can be too focused sometimes on something and then you miss other signs. So, Stephanie had mentioned – for those of you that don't know, Stephanie's my sister. You you haven't actually probably – I haven't, but she's an absolute legend from everything. I feel like you guys do know each other. She adores you, you adore her, and you've never met. Yeah, machine. Um, She mentioned something which is really interesting and she says that she doesn't like she she's competed in sports her whole life mm. at an elite level in like four different sports across different times of her life mm. but she says that she loves the competition she doesn't necessarily love the sport she started doing soccer back yeah, in wow. the day and she said if she loved soccer she would have gone into coaching or she would have gone into something like that but she's like i love competing so it could be across the board in sports as long as i'm competing so do you love the sport or do you love the competition or do you sometimes you can look at yeah, it wow. so much broader and for you it's like you loved the industry mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. didn't have to be mm-hmm. acting yes. for you to be very passionate and very involved and very fulfilled in the industry. Yes. Yeah. And I and I wanted on that note of competing, I wanted to move forward. Mm. And I I also love being successful. I mean, everyone likes to see when they put in work getting rewarded for it. Totally. And I wanted to move forward and I knew I could, I just didn't know how. And then there was that aha moment of this is how it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And also just for everyone, I also listen to the Stephanie podcast with Alexis. It's really amazing. You need to be in like a tough headspace to watch it because they're both just like, this is how it is. Like no remorse. Let's go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, oh, these two together. Let's go. But it was such a great podcast episode. So I just wanted to be like, Thank if you want to look back She's to it. She's good though. Yeah. She's it, good. Oh, really 
really tough love but yes. realistic way of getting to where you want to get to. Exactly. I find that very, very uh, motivating. Yeah, it is. Super motivating. So now yeah, this is what it. I'm really excited to talk about. This is what people are going to love. Let's talk about – we we at dinner the other day were talking about like your income of the years building oh, up to yeah, it. Wow. <laughs> Fucking nothing, cunt. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> the first year. Insane. And so let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay, so we were going to talk about – I literally mm. even wrote down a mm. note. Mm. The idea about um, the smoke and mirrors of starting a business. Oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I think um, when I, you know, first moved into management, it especially for my parents, you know, because they had supported me and I'm very vocal about that. I've always had a job. I've always – in fact, I've always had multiple jobs. You literally. name a job and I have done it um, <laughs> in various capacities in various cities of the world. Um and so I've always worked, but being an actor, you need headshots, you need this, you need that, you need Expensive. to be in the top classes. So also my parents supported me when I needed it. And so when I moved into management, my parents were just like, great, it's going to be an income thing. And they just thought I'd be bang on a salary, you know. And I was like, well, I'm going to start my own company. And they were like, what the fuck? So, uh, but I was, I just knew that's what I needed to do because yep. I'd been in the industry for 11 years. I'm like, I'm not going to go and be someone's assistant because I've just I know too much about this industry. I just don't want to be a shit kicker. And I actually knew that I would be a very bad assistant. Yeah. I'm yep. I I honestly would probably not be in the position I am now as a manager if I started in a mail room or as an assistant because I would be tragic and I would never move up. <laughs> like, I just beat to but my I feel own like drum. You also probably given that you'd been in the industry for so long in mm. Australia and LA, mm. you had contacts. I did. Yes. I had so I had contacts with Australian agents. Um, and so I was able to sort of sign talent from there. And I also knew a lot of actors that were yep. my friends that were super talented, mm. super, super talented. I always like being around talented, creative people. So, yep. um, and when I said, you know, I'm going to do management, you know, a lot of my friends, because they'd seen my work ethic, they were like, represent me. And amazing. of course I wanted to represent them, which was, um, <laughs> made a little tricky actually by like a lot of their Australian rep. Yes. She was super weird about it, felt like very, um, I think, threatened, even yep. though you work with a US rep. It doesn't mean you leave an Australian rep. It was a bizarre thing. you have both. Thing. So if you're yeah. an actor in Australia, you yes. keep your Australian representation and then you get US rep as well. Yes. And then they split the commission or how does it work? Yeah, yeah. You do like a 10-10 split and then if you have three reps, you do a 7-7-7, which right. becomes 21%. Okay. So you just change from 20 to 21. Yeah, which is not like yeah. nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so all that aside, started started um, my own company and the first year I earned zero dollars. And so I was – and I'd gotten like seven visas for my clients. Like I'd done all of, all of this impressive stuff. So when I went to meetings, a lot of the American reps would be like, wow, how did you do that? Wow, this, wow, mm. that. But it didn't equate to anything because I was developing actors. Yes. And I thought, oh, you know, I could develop someone in a year. But it really takes – you know, one to two years to actually fully develop someone, especially if they don't have the American accent yet, um, to get them a visa, to get them in a position where they can come over or maybe they need to go to Canada first for credits. It's it's just this whole sort of long process. So I was managing almost 24-7 just like a psycho, like loving it. But on the side, I was literally driving Uber, driving Lyft. 
I was going to we these. We have so many of these Uber fucking stories that you've told me. It's the best. Yeah, you can tell me your favourite. I'll read And mind you, Carly one. is, I'm going to put up like so many of our stories from when we lived together in LA. Oh, my God, This amazing. tiny, tiny woman. <laughs> and I'm just like, you, oh, my God. I'm like scared for your life out there. Driving Uber with yeah. all these people that you obviously. Whenever anyone would get in my Uber, like I remember <laughs> the first few times I was driving Uber, the, the, the main reaction of someone getting into my car was, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine, I'm your driver, get in, let's go. But they were just so concerned for me. You must have looked terrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much fun though. Um, but yeah, I've had some wild Uber stories, crazy. Um, anyway, so I, I, I would even wake up and um, I went to these like audience member where I'd be like an audience member in a show because I had to do jobs where... I wasn't committed to anything. So I yeah. couldn't work in a bar or a restaurant or anything like that because I had to be available all the time for my actors. Yes. So something where I could finish a trip and be on my phone yep. or something where, you know, it's, it's a short period of time, really super early in the morning. So I would go and be like an audience member for like the real. You know what I mean? And like what these, would they pay? Oh, like $10 an hour, <laughs> something. So I'd walk away with 50 bucks and be like, true. Like just like <laughs> nothing. Um but it's funny, like when I first started and, and all of this was happening and my parents were like, you've given up your dream to do something lesser and you're still earning no money. I was like, nah, this is, I, I had this gut instinct in me. When I was acting, I felt like I was rolling a dice. But doing management, I had this gut instinct where I was like, I'm really good at this yeah. and I know I can be very, very good and very successful at it. And I just, I felt comfortable enough to hold on yeah. it wasn't like a breakdown and like I was out of control it was like when I had my breakdowns I still felt very in control totally. because I'd have the breakdown and then I'd be like okay moving forward because I was so confident it yeah. was gonna happen yeah and I feel like you're very like Carly is extremely like self-motivated you're very you're very internally driven I feel like Thank you've you. got you've got the goal that you want to achieve, but mm. you're also driven to do the day-to-day -day tasks yep. day in, day out, day in, day out and do it literally for years. Because like the first yep. year you made nothing. The second year you made like... 17,000. There you go. And yeah. then it, and, but it's been like it's, it's gone up and up every year. Yeah, I looked at it and I was looking at my, um, my last year, it was like a 300% increase, <laughs> which was very cool. I was like, all right. Very exciting. Um, yeah, but but it, it, it's funny, the whole smoke and mirrors of, of, of business and doing well and, you know, it's not like some big investor. It's like you really have to do the hard yards and you've got to do to do what you've got to do to do what you want to do, mm. which is my favourite Denzel Washington quote. You just... Say it you, again. You've got to do what you got to do to do what you want to do. Yes. Yes. Right. I think Very that's true. the quote. No, well, uh, let's just yeah. roll with that. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It's now your quote. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think it's important to talk about these things because when people start businesses, especially when they're older, you know, I was in my, I mean, older, late twenties is not that much older, but there's, you know, a lot of my friends were in super high paying full time jobs, and here's me in the arts trying to stay in the arts but find great success. And let's okay, let's talk about that because I think it is as a mm. big stigma. And the mm. funny thing is, the stigma exists from day one, mm -hmm. and the older you get, 
the more you think like, oh my God, and you compare yourself to your peers, you compare mm-hmm. yourself to the people around you, your friendship group massively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might see people that are around you that are killing it and you're like, but I'm done with this career that I've chosen for the last seven years and mm. I genuinely want to branch out, but that would take me back to square one, so I won't. Mm. And then you get stuck and you're unhappy and then you're 35, mm-hmm. 40, and you're like, fuck it, I'll take the plunge. And then you think, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? You know. Yeah, it's like when people, they want to do d- degrees and, and, and change careers, they always say, oh, I could have done it five years ago and in five years' time, they will make that same comment. I could have done it five years ago. Yeah. It's just start now. It's never too late to change. Never. 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 And, never and too I late. always look at like no two journeys are the same. You look at your friends who might be on this great trajectory in their job where mm. each year they're making a bit more money, a bit more money. But you could be doing something where you make no money for three years and then you Bang. hit it. Yeah. Hit it and then you're 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 flying. You really do. And I it's so nice <laughs> when 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 you do. Um yeah, I think I think the the judgment behind it all just you've got to be so focused on yourself and your goals and not let anyone else's you know stigma judgment whatever to the sides of you come into it because a lot of what other people have as well is the smoke and mirrors thing mm. you know that we talk about. Yeah. So this idea, yeah. I feel like a lot of people feel like everyone else around them is succeeding in a certain way, so they almost have to pretend. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm all for, like, you know how people say fake it till you make it internally, but, like, the, the problem is when we p- people pretend outwardly mm. and say, yeah, this is how it is, yep, it's a lot easier, yeah, I'm going a lot better than I'm going. And a lot of people don't want to talk about their struggles because they feel like they're going to be judged. But mm. then, because of that, other people don't see other people's struggles and then they give up earlier thinking that they're just doing it wrong. Yes, but people could be in the same situation. That's why mm. I love, I love having business meetings with people who are so honest about their journey and, 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 and where they're at and because then you can actually get real information that can help you move forward as well. Um, yeah. And I also like to work with because I work with a lot of other people in the industry, so like managers and agents work together. So I love creating teams yeah. and working with lots of other people. So my job, although it can be seen as solo, it's actually very collaborative collaborative with yeah. other companies, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, obviously, you're loving it. You're do, do you loving still have it. your own? What are you doing now? Because I know that you're working. Yeah, so I joined a, a company, but, you know, we have our own lists mm-hmm. um, and it's more like a commission-type situation. Yeah. So it's nice because you have that support, but you also still have your full freedom. And you still brought your actors across. Exactly. Yeah. And I can make all the choices I want, which I love. So I'm able to have the support, but also beat to my own drum and go into deals and go into roles in my own way without it getting overlooked. Totally. You know, and I, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like there was a role um, for like a 40, mid-40s woman and she was like bitter about men and she's saying this speech. It was this huge film with Anya Taylor-Joy, a really incredible role. Oh, I love her. And I was like, you know what, I think – my client, Marianne Lee, would be good for this. Um, and she's just played a 16-year-old on a TV show. She's she's older than that. Um, but, you know, that gives you scope of mm. what I wanted to do. But I was like, this role would be so interesting if it was this gorgeous woman. Why does it have to be this, like, bitter mid-40s woman? Yeah. So um, she ended up getting it. It actually didn't work out because of dates. But it was so cool because I feel like at another company they might be like, why are you going after this role for this girl who looks this way? And you you know, and, really, yeah. and then you can't take risks because your company's judging you. So yeah, I love to totally. be able to take risks and do 100%, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I feel like that's the industry that you're in anyway. A hundred percent. About the risks and everything.
So I think what I love most about working with other people as well is that it is collaborative. It's not yeah. this thing where there's someone in this high-level power and then also you feel in, indebted to them. I feel like yeah. some bosses do that. Yeah, definitely. make you feel like... And a lot of the time... Well, you've got to look at the debt because I always talk about like look at where your debts are, whether they're financially or emotional, and try and clear them as quickly as possible to go further in life. Mm, but mm. I feel like when you're working with someone, some of the debts are have to be repaid. Like sometimes they might be paying for a course mm. and you're like they're paying for the course because they're expecting me to stay or it's in the contract. But sometimes someone's going to try and make you feel indebted to them through like emotional blackmail or like, a, oh, they've done all of this for me so I have to stay. But you've got to – yeah, like talk yeah, about it from your perspective. Yeah, like I've made your career or this and that. I think, you know, to be honest, I've I've not had that because I wouldn't be able to handle that because I like no. to really be like the driving force of my career. But I have so many friends that are in that position mm. and they won't look for a new job. Yep. And I think it's really sad because you need to create a lifestyle where you love it. Like for yep. me, that's why I can my, – my job can kind of be 24-7 because I – have made it a lifestyle yes. where, you know, all parts of my job are intertwined into my life, including working with my partner and all of the above. Um, but if you're not happy at your job and you're you're being made to feel like you're indebted to your boss, if you feel indebted to your boss, yeah. surely something is wrong there already because it's not collaborative. And it's it not doesn't collaborative. Fe- it doesn't feel yep. good. Yeah. And also you should always feel, the way I look at it with like work and feeling indebted to someone, the way I look mm. at it is I've had jobs in the past where they've kind of tried to make me feel like I'm really lucky to have the job. And the way I look at it is I'm grateful to be employed. Mm. However, if I'm lucky to be here, you should be employing someone else. It means that I'm not up to the task and you're doing yeah. me a charity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is an even exchange. My skills for your money. Yes. And I shouldn't feel luckier than you do in this situation. Yeah, and if someone's making you feel luckier, I say start applying for another job. Exactly. You know, you don't need to quit first. I think as well that's the other thing is people feel like they need to quit first. I I don't know. I just think you should always be, in a way – you're always looking for a new job. Yep, yep. Keep keep your horizon. It's like the blinker you know. thing. Yeah, keep the keep the blinkers off. It doesn't mean that you're not invested in your current job. You're still always invested yep. fully in your current job, but don't have blinkers on or yep. feel indebted to someone. Don't block like don't cock block yourself. And I feel that that's the problem. Yeah, I feel like one. when you when you have a, an idea for what you want in your life, like management or whatever, if you're mm. too hell-bent on one path mm-hmm. then like you did with acting for example if you were yeah. too hell-bent on one path then you're thinking this is the only way to get there this is the only thing i'm gonna you know yeah and then you're not looking at all these other ways of getting to where you want to be even if the job is different yes you know? or it could be in the same industry it could be in a totally different industry yes you know but i feel like yeah there's a whole deal of like feeling I, indebted and you want to do things that make you happy as well and i think that things can sometimes no longer make you happy and I think it's yeah. being open to that change that in life, it. yeah, yeah, admitting it, different things will make you happy as your life goes on and, and as your life ebbs and flows, allowing yourself to change and pivot. I mean, we've all learned how to pivot during COVID. Oh you my know? God. Yeah. We have all pivoted so many but, times. Yeah. So many times. I've just been but doing pirouettes all year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're the queen of that. <laughs> the amount of, oh my God, I was, do you know what I had? I had a flashback of um, a time where we were, living together, Giselle had come to visit in LA and you were literally, it was that year for you where you were mm. literally, ju- it was the first year where you're starting to break even. Some months you weren't yeah. and you needed some oh, help. Oh, I, I know what you were going to say, amazing, yes. And then yes, other yes. months you're like, yeah, and you, we were going 
out for dinner and you literally bought the cheapest salad because you're like, there's no way I've made my budget this week. Like I've looked at it. I, there's no, nothing left. I cannot until like next week, yeah. I'm done. I cannot spend a dollar. I can't, my coffees are done. They're done. And then you looked at your bank account when we were leaving dinner and you're like, what the fuck? Not only have I made my budget, I have an extra $1,000 or $1,200. I think it was $1,500. $1,500 to, to the T, exactly. And you're like, this is amazing. The next day you shouted us coffee. I <laughs> <laughs> shouting everyone. Shouting everyone. That time that you had the interns and you spent like – 35 US dollars on coffees that day. Yes, oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> and then it turns yes. out that you actually... So so the $1,500 was... So my client, Cooper, he had to pay some express fee for his O one visa and he was having issues with his bank account. So he transferred it to me and the money was in my account and I had to pay the lawyer. Yeah, so I exactly. blew all the money went... <laughs> Fuck, that wasn't even my money. It was Cooper's for his visa. I thought it was like, so that's rich. fucking Cooper's visa money and you thought that you were killing it. You thought you had like <laughs> slayed that week. Fuck, that's so funny. So funny. So good. But yeah, good times. And then you had to borrow the money. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, hey, mum and dad. We got the visa done and Cooper's... Cooper's definitely now, yeah. worth the investment. He's definitely worth it. <laughs> Cooper, if you guys haven't already watched it, he's in on a, in a series called One of Us is Lying. I started watching it last night. Oh, did you? He's amazing. Isn't What's he, his he really name? does perform. He's, he's great. Actor. Yeah. Um, he plays Nate McCauley. Nate McCauley in One of Us is Lying. Yes. We had dinner. Well, you know him very well, You obviously. Wait, I'm going to plug it. So it's on Stan yes. uh, in Australia and then in America it's on Peacock. Yes, and yes. it is such a good show. Well, yeah. I've watched one episode and I've it's already so good. booked. Yeah, Tara and I were like, episode episode six is the one. Once you get there, you're just like, this is it. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, I'm yeah. so excited, and he's such a good actor. So I only met him properly. Like he's been listening to my podcast for months, and like you know, um, but yeah. I only met him properly just like on Sunday night when we had dinner. And he's the most down to earth guy, so down to earth, old yeah. soul. Yeah, he's twenty, is. and I'm yeah, like, crazy. dude, you're so mature. It's crazy. He's going to be yeah. the next big thing. I feel one hundred percent. Well, um. And Marianne Lee, the other girl I spoke about earlier, the mm. Anya Taylor-Joy story yes. with all of that, um, she plays Bronwyn in One of Us is Lying as oh. well, which is his love interest. Yes. So they hook up on the show and they have – I think obviously I'm kind of biased, but they really do have the best storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like, so yeah, it's you just want them to be together so much. Like I know them and I was like watching it and like when like Nate would touch Bronwyn's hand, I'd be like, ah! You know, it's just <laughs> – yeah, it's it's um it's such a good series, and it's, they're both brilliant. It's so it. good, yeah. and like I feel like it's so rewarding for you to finally, after having oh. your, like years of zero dollars income, yes. working your ass off. And that show for me means so much because that was like one of the first big hits I had was Cooper booking that. Yeah, 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 really cool. And because also signing him when he was seventeen, getting in his, his yeah in Australia, yeah, getting his visa, letting you know allowing or convincing sorry his mum to send him over to me in LA and yeah. you know what I mean like and really like was from almost you know exactly yeah. you know and that was a three uh well it was a two-year process until the booking and then COVID hit and then they filmed it so but it was just you know it takes longer than you think yeah it and does. then when it hits it's just so much fun it's so holy good. shit I would not do anything else I love my job so much it's so good it's, it's epic so good. And, and the yeah the wins are just when someone else gets that win, it's just 
you, wow, like, yeah, such yeah, a special yeah, you feeling. Share that with them, you do. You, know, and you go on the journey with them as well, which is amazing. It's and, yeah, it's incredible. Oh, it's been a journey. I feel like your career has been a journey. The interns you've had. Oh my fun, god, we've had some fun times with your interns. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be Good like, times. yeah. Pilates with them, everything. Oh, literally. Yeah. Because like, yeah, they're obviously interns. They don't get paid. But you, you're a great boss because they're not getting paid. You were like buying them Pilates memberships and buying them like all this. It was, you were great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I do try and, you know, get my interns jobs after and yeah. um, mentor them how I can and have fun like while we're at it. Because yeah. you got to, you know, that's the thing. It's a lifestyle. 100%. So, you know, if we can all go to a Pilates class in the morning and then we're all talking about work. Yeah, and, but you would like you turn know? into a life coach to some of your interns. <laughs> like, we'd be sitting on the bed afterwards and you're like, I just really want to help her with her confidence. I just really want to do this. And I'm like, she is your intern. Like you're so emotionally invested in this woman's life. I do. I get emotionally invested, guys. I'm emotional. So funny. Oh, my God. But, um, no, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to cover. Something about your car. Oh the my car that we think that you bought, I like <laughs> from that you paid cash some, for some drug dealer. Yeah, eight thousand, <laughs> eight thousand dollars cash for this this car. It was my second car in in LA, so I was like, I'm moving up in the world. But then it definitely was bought from some drug dealer looking guy, and then I had to pay cash. And, and they said it was a clean title. I don't think it was. The whole thing no, was very shady. But very shady. It's and a shit went down with that car. The amount of times that, like, I've got on my story of it being, like, lifted up at the mechanics because, like, something else has gone wrong with this thing. I've got to say, I, I reckon I've been through 12 tyres because they yes. bec- because of who I, I bought it from, you know, they have these flashy rims and I'm not a rim girl. Like, I would not be like, let me put rims on my wheels and on my car. But I do feel like a mad dog that I do have rims you also. You're a gangster in that car. Yeah, no, truly. Are. Yeah, I still have the Chevy. Yeah. I, and I'm emotional to it. I don't want to give it up you ever. Can't. No, I truly can't. No. Like, I will... Have that until it dies. And when it dies, I don't know, I'll probably just like park it somewhere and keep yeah, it. Keep it and then just get another car. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, but because it has these big rims and all of the actors that would come over from Australia, they're not used to the LA roads and there's huge divots and potholes and you've got to kind of drive around them. You yes. can't just drive over them, yes. especially if they have rims because then the wheels are thinner. So the amount of times, you know, someone else would be driving the car and you just hear bang and you're like, fuck, the tire again. <laughs> You know, or I'd be at work and they would text me and be like, ah, the tire again. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. Here's but the AAA everybody number. Everybody has driven that car. That's <laughs> Everyone. the car. When I learned, Truly. obviously I knew how to drive, but when I learned to drive on the other side of the road, we took we took that car, your car, of course, to yeah. go practicing. And even our housemate, um, Rachel, oh, yes. she was like, do you mind dropping me off home before we go? I'm like, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not going to kill you. She wouldn't, like, she would not stay in your, the car with you. being in the car with you. I'm like, what? That is so funny. You'd yes. had your license for years and years. Yes, and she was yes. like, mm, drop me home. <laughs> <laughs> she would not learn with you. Terrified. Actually, the car right now is with one of my actors who his car broke down. And I was like, take the Chevy, Chevy while I'm in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's that got it now. Like yeah, it's the, gone around. Oh, it's gone around. It's so good. And it's great as well because then if someone wants to learn, I'm like, yeah, jump in. And if you hit a couple of things, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Because wouldn't that be so the worst true. if you had some fancy car and then – you're like, yeah, you can learn in my car, but don't fucking hit anything, <laughs> cunt. You'd be like, Jesus Christ, I don't even want to learn in your car anyway. <laughs> don't fucking hit You know, anything. what sort of environment is that? Like when you walk into someone's house, like, welcome, don't be in here. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't touch anything. Exactly. Fuck. And that's, and it's better for you. Like, you don't want to be stressing about it. You're very like, you yes. know, yeah. Yeah. I feel like 
Although oh. I did stress when Mel drove my car. Why? I love you, Mel. She's just not a great driver. She'll oh, be so darling. pissed that She'll I be say like, this. Fuck you. After I was booking all your Ubers while you're in Australia. Yeah, my Uber app's not working. So everywhere that I've been, Mel has literally booked my Uber for you're me. Texting her, being like, yeah. book from this address to this address to this. What a you. friend. What a legend. What a you fucking are friend. Yeah. Dragging her name through the mud. I know. <laughs> I know. It is kind of funny, though, because she'd had her license for years and years and years and years and years. And then she had to do the test three times in America. She failed. So she's been this driving woman in Australia and then three times in LA. Three times? Yeah. How long do you have to have your license for? In In, Australia? Sorry. In in America. How long can you have your license before getting a US license was my question. No, no, if you've had your license for years in another country, you can take the test off the bat. But she's been driving in America for like two years. Without having the without yeah, just on her Australian license, right? right. Which yeah. you can't do apparently. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's a grey area. Yeah, it is. Look, it's Maybe a grey. It's not grey at all. We just never looked it up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's grey because she's come back and forth. It's like yeah. all the first few months that you're in the country, you it's don't like have a to have it. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you should get your Cali license. Let's go. And she's like, yeah, of course. Cool. Like, yeah, you just go do the test. It's chill. She comes back. She's crying. I was like, what's happening? She's like, I failed. I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, so then I was like, it's fine. Just go again. Just be careful this time. You're probably too confident of a driver. She does again, comes back, failed. No. I was like, okay, you need to get a driving test. So she had yeah. to get – she's like, you know, 25-year-old woman. So she had to get these driving tests and then she she passed, thank God. But thank I, God. I did give her shit about it and I do find it kind of funny. Yeah, literally. it is. It is funny. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. probably not laughing at she, all. Look, she's a good sport. At the time, she was not laughing when I was laughing, <laughs> but she comes around. She oh is great. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. now what I want to go into is I want to talk about relationships, breakups, the therapist that you had at <laughs> that time. Oh, my like, God. Like, yeah, I always bang on about, like, oh go, get a, go see a therapist if you need to, go see a psychologist if you need to. <laughs> and we spoke about, just before, we spoke about this therapist that you did go see. Let's just touch on that story. Just yeah. To yeah. So, I, I'd, you know, it was my very first relationship and I was just high in love. And, you know, your emotions at the beginning of a relationship are so high, heightened. You know, if they don't message you back – you could be in tears. I don't know if that's just me. But it's, no, it's, no, no, it's no. so uh, emotional. when you're younger as well. Yes. One of your first big loves. Yes. Like, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah. So this guy hadn't messaged me back and I was devastated and I was, I was in pieces. And so I felt like something's wrong with me and I'm really sad and I, I should – I went to the doctor and they were like, you know, you should go and see a therapist. And it was like one of those free government session ones. So I go to this therapist. I – Looking back, this is hilarious that I even did this. I just probably need to have a big cry and move on. <laughs> but I go to this therapist and all it is is a it's a boy thing. That, by the way, like we hadn't even broken up. Like this is the beginning. We ended up dating as well. Yeah. So like it all worked out rosy. There was nothing wrong. It wasn't even a fight or anything. And I was like, you know, telling him how I feel. He literally looks at me over his glasses and goes, hmm, I think um, – think you're deeply deeply disturbed (laughs) i was like holy shit imagine i was i didn't even think i was i was just so shocked that someone said that to me i like like floated to the park and like sat in the park and called my mum and was in tears i could not stop crying She's like, oh, my God, what, what, what's wrong? Where are you? I was like, I'm in the park. She's like, get out of the park. What are you doing in the park? 
And she, yeah, she was, I told her, he said I was deeply disturbed. She went, oh my God, you're not disturbed because I'm a pretty sunny person. I'm pretty positive and, you are. and yeah. happy generally. You are. But how's about this therapist weaked me out? Anyway, the next day I was fine, but I thought, isn't it crazy how another human can yeah. f- wig you out can like that? You out. And Just that stare. And yeah, and, and people <laughs> sometimes have one bad experience with a therapist. And I'm like, shop around, yes. please shop yes. around. Because sometimes you're not going to click and you think therapists are fuck psychologists. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, just please yeah. speak to people. Other, other therapists, other, yeah. you know. And if you're comfortable with a therapist, you don't have to see results in the first session. You no. might be four sessions, but you've got to feel comfortable. Yep. If it's someone telling you that you're deeply, deeply disturbed, probably don't book again with that person. Maybe. Yeah, insane. And I was obviously talking about the relationship and he was like, oh, I don't know, I'm like, I'm divorced. And to be honest with you, like, you know, it's just not, it's not what you're going to think it is. <laughs> this is sounds like just oh, a scorned man. Yeah, no, it was awful. And I was, I was so hopeful, you know. It was my very <laughs> first thing. I was like, oh, wow, is this the world? Yeah, 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 exactly. Awful. That's yeah. so funny. So yeah, then, yeah. okay, and you went through a whole – you've had some, like, a lot of long-term relationships, I feel, in yeah, your 20s. Yeah, I feel like, like they've been pretty back-to-back, hey? Yeah. Hectic. You've been, like, a serial monogamist, I feel. Yeah, and I've always been, like, I don't need a partner, but yeah. I've always had a partner. But you feel, I feel like for you it's like a – don't need a partner, but a lot of the time it's been long distance where you're in LA. Yes, yes. Your partner's in Australia. Yes. So it almost feels like you're this independent single woman. Yes. But yes. you do have a partner, but back yeah. in Australia. Yes. Like right now, your partner is living in Australia. Yeah, and we've just done seven months of distance. Yeah. So I'm fiercely in- independent like that. And totally. You need to do what you need to do. You just do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I have been in long-term relationships holy shit which one do you want to talk about (laughs) you should see the look on my face right now oh my god well when I first came to Mm. LA yeah you were seeing Alana Alana one yes Alana one yes then there was you then proceeded to see Alana two I did yes but Alana two was never (laughs) gonna be well neither of them were ever gonna be your person let's be let's be real yes but we did have a lot of good times a lot of great great times Uh, yeah a lot of great times um, yeah, well, I never met Alana too because she moved really? just as I moved out. She took my spot when I moved back to Australia. That's how you met her and then you started dating. That's insane. insane. Well, yeah, I think this is a good sort of example actually of like when you, you know, I think the human need to want to connect, mm. you know, and convenience and things like that. So I remember not being into her at all and coming home, there was like a rose on my bed. And I remember, I think I called you or Giselle, yes. one of you. Was it you? No, I, I definitely remember. Like, And you sent me a photo. Yeah, of yes. the rose. And yeah. I was like, fuck. Because um, I like wasn't down. Um, anyway, because we lived together, um, we ended up dating for, I want to say, like a year and a half. Yeah. And she's honestly such an incredible, incredible person. I um, It's so weird on the podcast because like, they could listen to it. Um, and, but, but I do mean that genuinely, like she is truly like one of the most sweetest, lovely people I've ever met. Because Giselle met her and loved her as well. Loved yeah. Her. Yeah. But like we were, we were never right for each other, but it's funny how when, you know, someone is sweet, nice to you and it's convenient. And then all of a sudden you're in this long-term relationship, Yeah, you know, you can kind of really lose sight of yourself and it's just. And you go weighing over your head and before you know it, you're like, I'm fully committed I've never like my actions are fully committed, but I've never truly committed in my head. A hundred percent. This person has fully committed. Yeah, exactly. Mentally. And then you feel bad. A hundred percent because you have to think about the other person and um, 
yeah, it's, it's just so interesting how you've got to be so thoughtful with everything you do in your life. Yes. You know, because you even have X, Y, Z feelings and you choose to go on a second or third date. What are you entertaining here? Yeah. You know? That's right. Especially if they're your roommate. What are you entertaining? That's, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, good times. I give great advice. I don't always take it. But I, I, I have to say I don't regret any relationship no. I've been in. Not no. one. No. Not no, one. And I think I've loved you, every relationship. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you – even the toxic ones, if you can yeah. gain something from it, I've lo- I've learned not much so regret, much. Yeah, yeah, know? no, I've learned so much um, and – I feel like I am the sort of person as well that I really have to go through things to learn them. Yes. So I've just been through it all. Yeah, um, definitely. And all my partners have been so different. So different. So different. Like my, cannot compare. My first boyfriend, Ricks, he was in the special forces and we dated for like, well, I think, I don't know, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. And then Igor was like this like very artistic guy who I think does like eye gazing now or something amazing yeah yeah something kind of like just super arty and random and then after Igor was Mitch and I dated him for three years three years and that's when you were doing long distance living in LA as well yeah and he was in the government um which is different again again. totally yeah and then after him was Alana one yes yes and she she was working managing that cafe Oh yes, 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 yes. She was, you, yeah, the ca- yeah, yeah, the she coffee, was like a coffee really store. Gun barista. She, yeah, she was. Oh, she was one of those very cool, very charismatic like baristas. A sleeve, really yeah, cool. the tats and like everyone would like go into the coffee store to see her. You know, yeah, she yeah. was like that she was barista that, yeah, chick. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. And this was, this was during the time where you could pick up a random shift here and there because you're yes, like, yes, I can't lock in an actual schedule. Exactly. So I that I could help. go work a shift, bang, come back to my management. Yes. Crazy. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she lived in my building as well. Yeah. Um which is where the joke comes from, like I had to upgrade my Alana because it was like not convenient Not convenient enough, enough that she yes. was one floor upstairs. Yes. Not good enough. No. Yes, yes. So funny. Um, we're still friends. She's great. Um, and then Alana too, and she was this gorgeous Brazilian woman and she's just an amazing person. She did lots of and then jobs here and the, there. Did she leave the country? I don't know. I don't know. She's blocked me on Instagram, so oh. don't know what she's doing. I yeah. know. But she's a wonderful human. I I'm think, sure she's I doing think, great I think things. She's very in love with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Brie. Yes, my current partner who will probably be my forever person. I yeah, mean. I think so. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty amazing. And she's, um, she was an athlete. Yeah. And she was on her way to uh, Tokyo Tokyo trials before COVID hit, which is kind of crazy. So super motivated, super inspirational. Sometimes I'm like, wow, how did I find you? I'm so lucky. But you need that with your energy. Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Someone else that can be super motivated and be a team together. Because I, I, I want to be with someone that I can work with ultimately. Yeah. I think I've always wanted that and tried to make that happen. And then it just happened so seamlessly with Brie. And all of a sudden we, you know, do work alongside each other. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. Totally. And I mm. feel I love Brie. And can you believe I've only ever met her through our like, what's it called? Um, house party wines <laughs> crazy <laughs> over covid house party wines where you and you had come back because of covid you came back and you were doing quarantine with brie in perth that's right and Giselle and i were doing 
the house party that app it was like zoom but house party yeah who else used that it was a vibe at a time and then people could randomly enter your house you had to lock the room oh yeah or random people people, yeah and stuff so we'd lock the room (laughs) and i've got a photo of giselle you know one day giselle was at hers i was at mine you guys were in quarantine yeah and then i've got a, a, a snapshot i have to find this i have to find this and show you but she just was like, I've got to go one more one, one more one. And she puts the wine glass right in front of the camera and fills it up like right to the brim. And then she was like violently vomiting, dying. Remember she, remember she balanced it on her head. <laughs> she was balancing the wine glass on her head and then she takes off the hand. She's like, look at me go. And we're all going, no, don't do that. And then the glass just says, and just falls off. <laughs> Yeah. I remember on a side note, just going off when you were doing acting. I remember so much when you were telling me a story oh, no. once of when you were acting and you were living with another actress. I don't know if you were living with her, if she was just a close friend, and you were what, really like going to self tape for this. Oh my god! I will tell the shit. story. <laughs> so this is actually um, Josephine Langford, oh, who's yeah. on the After series. She's killing it. Yeah, she is absolutely killing it. Great actress. Um, and so we're all from the same town, from Perth. And so I had – this This was probably one of my signs to stop acting. So I'd got this self-tape and I was so excited and it was it was like, a, you know, a Flight Attendant, the TV series. It was like one of the stripper yes. girls on that or something. Yes. Um, and I was I was so excited for it and I was wearing – because the – the actor it was like a cute stripper like she was like cute and fun it was a comedy but then she was also like a stripper kind of thing (laughs) so I had bought these like stripper boots specifically for the audition and I was doing it like a self-tape but I'd booked into the studio all of this and Josephine was just killing it at the time and I was really struggling I just like was hitting walls like kind of getting thrown around in the industry (laughs) a little bit and um, I think I'd had some breakdown, but I was like, pick myself back up. I'm going to this audition. I'm going to kill it. Josephine uh, came over and she had all these sides in her hands. And I was like, oh, where have you been? She's like, oh, I was just met with the director for this audition I had. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Like, like skipping in like 10 years younger, just like looking so hot and amazing. You know, like she's just such a star. I was like, great. I was like, awesome. And she was like, wait. Like, what are you wearing those shoes for? Like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm going to do the audition for this thing. She's like, oh, that's like what I just did. She was like, oh, like, why are you wearing the stripper heels? Didn't you hear? They don't want like a regular stripper. I was like, oh, fuck. No, I didn't know that. And we had the same manager and I like didn't have the info. I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, no problem. She's like, anyway, I've got to go to this other like meeting with a director or something. And I was like, great. Yep. Okay. And I had, by this time, I'd like taken off one stripper boot because she's like, don't wear the boots. And then I had like, one heel on and she was like skipping out like looking so hot and then I was like hobbling like 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 literally like (laughs) trying to like let her out and I was like and then she was like she was like have have a good time like at the audition that tells me something about the location I was like oh no mine's mine's a self-tape I I I didn't get the appointment in the room and she was like oh no okay bye (laughs) I was like see I like shut the door was like oh like had another breakdown got myself up again like was like, let's go. Anyway, I did the audition. I did do it did after multiple breakdowns. And, and you got there in the end. Did yes, you get the role? I did not did get the role. You got to the audition. That's <laughs> I what did. And you know what? I wore those stripper boots. Okay, good. <laughs> well, you paid for them. You've got to get your money's yeah. worth. Oh, my not God. Not that you can see them in the self-tape. In the self-tape at all. It's, it's so just true. your head and your shoulders. That's so true. So it's not like you're walking funny. into the room auditioning for the for the. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. Josephine did. You. Yeah, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, good times. So I feel like it's so, so many highs and lows and we were always pulling out those angel cards. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> every cards. time we'd have a hard day. If you're an actor and you don't have angel cards, something is wrong. <laughs> Something's fucking up with your journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not pulling out three fucking cards a night. hundred percent. Remember that time that you pulled my angel cards for oh. to decide if I was going to open up my own Pilates studio or, ta- or do my master's in neuroscience? This is crazy to look back on mm. all these years later because yes. you are now graduated yes well i my graduating gra- well, I, I, I finished but yes. I gra- my graduation is next in two weeks huge yes. congratulations Thank that you. is freaking insane just amazing and Thank I, you. wow because i remember that moment where yeah it was do you open the pilates studio or do you do this degree and honestly you were leaning more towards i feel like the pilates, pilates studio i was i felt like because i was at the top of my game in that industry i felt like mm-hmm. not that it was easy because it's not easy but i felt mm. like i could definitely do it and with neuroscience it felt like such a passion but where would I go with it like Mm. what would be my job because I'm like I didn't want to work in a clinical setting so what would I do that kind of thing. So I was in a crossroads. And and look at this amazing podcast now, which yeah, you reference all the time. And I'm always the one clicking when you're like, do you want more of this or more brain? I'm always <laughs> the one going, more brain. Like, I <laughs> love it. It's yeah. so interesting. Um, sometimes I, I can't keep up, but I'm like Googling and I'm like, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm trying. I'm a few steps behind. I've got one strippy hill on, but I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> and so... I remember we did we did the angel cards and we had a few friends around. Giselle was, Giselle there, was there and yep. we were all wanted you to do the degree. Yes. Because it's – I mean, if you can do a neuroscience degree, like, wow, surely do it. <laughs> Get it done. And the angel cards just so perfectly laid out to you what you needed to do. Yeah. And it was that degree. And it here you are now I with know. this amazing podcast where you reference it all the time Thank and you. about to graduate. I know. And in between all of that, you've written a book and done all this crazy stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> It's it is crazy. crazy. Yeah. What? Well, it's like that. What we were talking about, like journeys to get to where you are. It's mm. never. Firstly, it's never, never what you overnight, think. and yeah. it's never a straight line. Yeah. And it's you know like what we were talking about at the start. Like our twenties was like, and there was never a dollar to our names. Yes. But that's character building shit. It I'm really is. Looking at the time, I'm like, oh. But now looking back, I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I kind of love those stories where we literally lived for the 99 cents yes. store. Like we would socialize. Yes. We're like, it would be our night. It's, um, it's yep. 10.30 at night. We could go to bed or we could go to the 99 cent store <laughs> and buy those 99 cent Japanese plants. Oh, my God. <laughs> we kept yes. it in the bathroom. Yes. And the Jesus candles. And the Jesus candles. Yes. We're not even religious. Neither no. of us are, but they were great no. candles. Yes. Great I would get candles. so pissed every time someone bought. I'm like, why are all of these Jesus candles in my house? Like, <laughs> and like, not even like cool modern Jesus ones, like old traditional ones where he's like dying on the fucking cross. Like, this is so depressing. Get it out of my house. And of course, I like to finish everything. So I'd be like, okay, well, let's just quickly burn them so that we can finish them to then throw them out. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. But yeah, it is. It's just, it's always bendy. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned over my life, you Mm. know, with the different partners I've had, the different, you know, I've still been in the same industry because I love it so much, but the different careers I've had within that, and I'm sure it will continue to bend and change. And definitely. And when you don't have expectations, even though it's so hard not to, um, when, when you don't have expectations, it's like the most beautiful moments come out of it. And you have so much more fun. So much more fun. You don't put pressure on yourself. It's the best. So that's like the takeaway message from this yeah. episode, guys. Just mm. um, 
just live on a dollar a day to your <laughs> Go to the 99 cent store, buy the Jesus candle and wear stripper heels. Wear stripper heels, one stripper heel. Hobble one. along through your 20s. Yes. Um, with one stripper heel, pull angel cards every time you're having a mental breakdown. Do exactly what the angel cards say to do every time and then Even you will be Alexis. every night. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. so oh. And you know what's so crazy? It all came together for me literally at 30. So like yes. we talk about the 20s. Yes. Like my journey was very much like when I hit 30, yep. everything came together and I was like, wow. I always <laughs> tell people like 30 is the number. That's the best. 30. I was 30 when I launched the podcast. No way. Yes, yes. Oh I, turned, well, to be, I turned 31 like three months in. But Amazing. Yeah, 30 is the year. It's been the best year like, of my life. Of, of just yeah. becoming aware yeah. of like shit falling into place. You stop giving a fuck. You don't I, the, care. If I had, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't work because you need the experience. But if I had the mentality I had at 30 when I was younger, mm. I wonder – but then again, it wouldn't work because you need yeah, your twenty exactly. And so I want to take that back. I don't mean I you don't care at all. Of course, I mean I'm someone who cares a lot, mm. but you care less about everyone else. And I think my favorite thing about getting older is that you give less of a fuck every year. Yeah, you and, give less of a fuck. And you, you care about you. You've realized what's relevant, and you care about that. And you become so like you know every year of your life, you become hopefully if you're tuning into the the wins and losses and you're learning and doing all Mm. of the self-work if you're doing that your gut instinct becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and then it's so much easier to navigate the bends because yeah this is a good bend this is not a good bend yeah (laughs) so true and hey look if you're 30 and you're like that's not fucking me listen 40 is your number i agree (laughs) i agree 40 is a new 30 it is thank you so much for coming on the show oh thank you for having me oh my god i'm coming to la all the time now oh can't Um, Wait. And I will be yeah crashing, and we'll be we'll be doing the fucking. You better stay with store. me, and you better yes. come to the night. I'm staying with you. Store. I'll crash in your bed for sure. Amazing. Thank you so much, Aww. guys. Um, I'm gonna put up, uh, of course, her handle, so you can go follow her. She's very fucking funny, and um, <laughs> I have to put up. I'm gonna. I need to make like a reel or something. Yeah. Time in LA. And oh put my it up god. You guys will love it. I am the worst at saying this shit. I'm gonna do this thing, but I really am gonna do this because it's fucking I, hilarious. I, I, many, I'd be keen. I'm happy references. to do it too. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit it together. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. As always, remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't Guys, for those of you that are still around, this, I'm recording this like the following day, um, but I thought I'd just quickly brush over the whole green card thing because we, we went on a tangent and I didn't get to properly explain what the deal was. So basically from my end, I did win the green card, but in order to keep the green card, you have to be living, you can't be away from the U.S., for, well, if you've got just the green card, if you're gone for 12 months, apparently, I mean, there's ways to get it back, but you automatically just by default, you lose it. They deem it that you've abandoned your residency and you can still enter the US on different visas, but your green card, your permanent residency is done. So when I got into my master's degree, I was, um, I had lived in LA and I wanted to complete my master's degree in Australia. So to kind of get around that um, rule, you can apply for something called a re-entry permit. And there's certain reasons where they let you be out of the US for two years without questioning if you've abandoned your residency status. So I applied for the re-entry permit. I got it, which meant I could be away for two years. And that two years lapsed around October last year. And that was when the borders were closed. COVID was crazy. A lot of people were coming. A lot of Australians were returning back to Australia. So it was just obviously not a good time for me to return. And 
on top of all of that, I had not yet completed my master's. So I was like in this massive pickle anyway. Now it's been a year since there. The borders are now open, but that's why I was talking about why I really questioning the status of that green card now, because um, even if I applied for that exemption or this kind of, there is a way around it. I'm not quite sure that I would even be able to get it back because I have been gone for so long. So it is definitely a massive shame, but that is kind of like, I I wanted to explain um, what my status was with the whole green card thing. Um, Yes. Anyway, definitely plan on going to the States more often, but it's probably going to have to be on an Esther or a different visa altogether, which sad times, but we can always work around things like that. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Love you all. And I will speak to you in a few days. Bye.